Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this episode of our Abiding Together podcast. Um, I'm joined as usual with my two wonderful sidekicks. We've been talking a lot already about a lot of things and we just finished our Narnia series and we heard so many great things about the Narnia series. And so we just want to welcome you. If you're a new listener um, on the journey with us, you're most welcome. And we kind of asked our listeners, you know, what what do you want to hear about? We got so many wonderful topics which could fill out seasons and seasons of our podcast, which it will. But we thought we'd talk about a bit about the healing journey. And we're going to talk today a bit about, about depression and anxiety and hardship and overwhelm. And I think especially during this winter, these winter months, that is statistically and scientifically proven that some people suffer with just deeper depression during the winter months, especially after the holidays and kind of just before spring. And it's been especially in colder climates, it's been cold for a while. And and that can be a seasonal thing, or it could be some of a situational thing. But all of us in life, all of us in life struggle at times. All of us in life suffer with, you know, depression. All of us at times are just feeling down. All of us at times suffer with anxiety or just feeling overwhelmed. And so we're just going to have a very honest conversation about that today. And just like, how do you live with hope in seasons of darkness? You know, like wintertime when it's dark, how do you live in hope in seasons of darkness? And so we're going to use the the book from uh, Lamentations, a quote from Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 21 to 24. And this is going to guide our whole uh, talk today, our whole podcast today. So Lamentations 3, 21, 24 says this, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So we're going to kind of jump off from there. And we just want to say first and foremost that we're not doctors, we're not therapists, and we are not giving you medical advice by any means. All that we're going to do in the next 30 minutes is just share our experience, strength, and hope of what we've experienced and what's helpful for us. And we just want to take whatever resonates with you. We want you to take it to your to the Lord, take it to your counselor, take it to your doctor, to your spouse, to your friends, and talk about it with them. So just going to be a free discussion of kind of what has helped us on the healing journey and just areas that we've struggled and what God is doing in our life. And we want to just impart whatever goodness, truth, and beauty we can um, gift you today. So uh, Michelle, or I mean, Heather, sorry, I know that this book of Lamentations is one of your favorites, this quote. Um, and so I was wondering if you kind of just frame the quote that, that you chose this, which is so beautiful, and just kind of maybe flesh that out a bit as we journey into this discussion. Mm-hmm. Even when you were reading it, I was just sitting here, just closing my eyes, listening to it again. It's a scripture that has anchored me through many years, actually. And it's one that I've I have memorized and I call to mind often because life is hard. You know, let's Mm -hmm. just be honest. Life is hard on this side of heaven. And I love also the scripture from John where God says that in the world you will have trouble, but take Mm -hmm. heart, I have overcome the world, you know. And I think we always have a longing for things to be made right, for things to be perfect, for things to be smooth and joyful and all of that because our hearts were made for heaven. They are. And there's something so good about that, that God has placed in our heart the desire for wholeness and joy 
um, where every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. And that that is what we are meant for. That is, mm-hmm. we were created out of love. We were created for all good things. But, you know, as a result of the fall and on this side of heaven, we will experience a lot of dark times and sorrow. So it's important that we have scriptures and truth and goodness to anchor us in the midst of that. And that scripture has definitely been that for me, that I have Mm -hmm. to call to mind a reason to have hope. And there always is a reason for hope. And at the end of the day, it's Jesus. Jesus is the hope. There is nothing else that will stand the test of time or that will hold us up. Everything else will let us down at some point, but Jesus is the one who is our hope and can be our anchor in the storm. Mm-hmm. But I think today what's important is that we we're going to talk, you know, about some deep spiritual things like that at times, but we want to get really practical too because mm-hmm. most of us are wandering around in the midst of hardship and suffering going, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like how do I make it through these hard times? And I love what you said, you know, we're not experts, we're just people on the journey just like you and there's some mm-hmm. things that God has taught us and that we've received through other people and a lot of different avenues on our journey to healing that we just want to share today. Michelle, what are mm-hmm. some of your initial mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I think my initial thoughts is I just know a lot of people and a lot of different women are just dealing, and men, not just women, are dealing with a lot of hard. That's just life. And what do we do with that hard, you know? And I know for me, like, I really, I think I grew up believing that um, that when life is hard, it was not because it was simply hard and this is the things that you go through with life, that, but I was failing, or something was going, or I was doing something wrong, or how come mm-hmm. I didn't have the tools to navigate hard? So I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, when I realized, okay, life just on this side of heaven is hard. You will be always dealing with life, things, transition, kids. You know, it doesn't matter. Marriage, not marriage, job, friendships, relationships. That's just how it is. And so how I respond to the hard is um, like how my heart responds to the hard, how I bring the hard to the Lord and watch Him transform it. What are the tools that I need to navigate it and all of those kind of things has been a journey. And I'm still, you know, I would love to say there really isn't a finish line. Mm -hmm. So we are all on the journey and it's just, um, we keep on walking and taking the next step. And step by step, we just realize the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of the Lord, but also the faithfulness of learning to know yourself better, you know, and self-awareness and um, picking up the tools along the way as you're walking Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah, it's interesting when you study uh, just statistics that it's really anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., um, and they're often linked with depression. And so just some statistics for you, uh, just uh, just off the internet, that 300 million people around the world have depression, and 16.2 million adults in the U.S. um, will have a major depressive episode in their life. And even if you haven't had a major one, it says it's estimated that 15% of the adult population will experience depression at some point in their life. So when you just look at the word depression— and anxiety, you know, the word depression means, a, you know, an, a sunken place or part, which is really interesting to think about, like the kind of the contours of our hearts and souls, places that are pressed down, and just a kind of an emotional dejection or a withdrawal, like a sadness. And when you think about anxiety, it's a distress or an uneasiness of a mind, of the mind caused by fear, danger, or misfortune. And so we talk about, you know, the emotions that God gives us. God gives us emotions and passions and emotions that the root word of emotions is emote, meaning to move. And so our emotions are moving us in areas. They're moving us down the pathway. And so they're always trying to tell us something. And I know for myself for a long time, I suppressed a lot of my emotions because I didn't like all of them. <laughs> I only liked some of them. I didn't like all of them. And it wasn't until, and I tell this story publicly, but it wasn't until I was well into religious life that I 
really had to come to terms with the fact that I was really struggling as a person, as a woman. And uh, I had a doctor at the time who was actually a classmate of mine, which is amazing. Out of all the places in the world that could be sent at a mission, the doctor that I had was actually a classmate of mine from childhood. And we had a very long conversation and she just said, you know, Sister Miriam, I think you, I really do think you have clinical depression. And I really think that you've got this chronic low grade depression that sounds like you've had for a long time. And finally, just being able to speak because I felt ashamed about it. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, how come I can't just be happier? I know that I want to be happier and I know that I'm trying to do what I can do, but there's just something not quite right. It's it's hurting in my heart. And so just that for me really was a first discussion with a, a medical doctor about that. And I was on depression medication um, for several years, um, just trying to help my brain get back on track and my heart. And I and went to counseling and just all these different areas of life. So I just want to say, first and foremost, like that, that's part of our many of our stories where, um, and I, I'll tell you more about my story as we kind of journey on. But just when we talk about depression and anxiety, you're not the only one. I just want to say that. You might be sitting in your house by yourself listening to our podcast saying, oh my gosh, I think I'm the only one. And I just want to tell you that you're not. And I want to tell you that this is not the end of your story right? This is not the end. And there's so much help out there and just um, ways that God is desiring to heal us and to, to be with us on this journey. So Heather, what are your what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think many people who are struggling in these areas definitely feel a sense of isolation, you know, either that they're the only one or they hear that somebody else might have the same issues, but they think nobody understands. Or mm. I, I find a lot of times when you're in it, it's very hard to see. So hard. You yep. just can't make sense mm-hmm. of it. You don't, you don't even know what's going on. You don't, for me, for a long time in life, I would never have put those words to it because I couldn't even figure out what I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I've shared parts of my story about, you know, being very self-reliant and there's reasons for that. You know, I experienced a lot of trauma when I was around 12 years old and for a few years in there that was very hard. And as a result of that, the lie that I believed was that God wasn't going to come through for me, that he was there and he could, he was powerful Mm -hmm. and he would come through for other people, but he's probably not going to come through for me. So I need to take care of myself and I need to take care of everybody around me. And so I just lived Mm -hmm. my life with that. I didn't know that that was the lie. I've realized that now later in life, looking back and making sense of my own story. But I just lived with this vigilance, you know, of evil and bad things are always around the corner. So I need to be on guard constantly mm-hmm. and not really able to trust in and rest in God because I didn't know if he was trustworthy. I didn't know if he'd come through. So good. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got to my 30s that the weight of living that way for so long began to take its toll. And for mm-hmm. me, what it looked like was it came out in physical ways. Like I was just not doing well. I didn't feel good. I couldn't sleep very well. All this disruption mm-hmm. with my sleep. And then I started feeling anxious and I'd never felt that way before. So it surprised me. I was like, something's really wrong with me. Like I was just freaked out. I would have an overreaction to various situations that never affected me that way before. And because I didn't have any context for that type of those types Mm -hmm. of feelings, I couldn't make sense of it in the moment. It was just totally overwhelming. And it wasn't until I started feeling dizzy. I was really Mm -hmm. like having all these physical Mm -hmm. symptoms. And I went to all these doctors Mm -hmm. and neurologists. And finally, you know, this neurologist said to me, like, there's nothing wrong with you but you're suffering from stress and anxiety. And I said, I laughed at him, actually. I was like, you don't understand. That's not what this is. Like, I'm surely dying. And, you know, I was trying to create all kinds of special moments with my kids just in case I was going to die. Like, that's how real it felt to me. Like, I was like, something is wrong. 
And he said, I don't think you understand how powerful these things are. Wow. And when he said that, it was it was really like, whoa, you know, this was a big part of the realization for me that that these things are more powerful than I could ever, ever understand before. And so that led me into a place of really trying to dive back into healing again and make sense of my own story and where did God need to come in and bring restoration. But, you know, over the course of several years, I ended up having to go on antidepressants mm-hmm. and, you know, work through that part of the journey along with counseling and mm-hmm. all of these things. But I would say it wasn't until like three or four weeks after I started taking antidepressants that one day I was like, whoa, there I am. Mm-hmm where have I been mm-hmm. for so long? Mm-hmm. Like I just felt the weight lift off. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was when I actually really understood how powerful those dynamics were in my life that I didn't even realize were there. It just felt normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it just felt like the new normal. And, and I think we do that with a lot of things. We just try to cope. We just try to make it through, you know, but Jesus said, like, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not, I haven't come so that you could cope or that it could be mediocre. Mm -hmm. You could kind of manage through or numb yourself out just so that you can get through the day. Like God came that we would have a full life. And there's a lot of ways that he offers us that life. You know, yes, it's through prayer. Yes, through the sacraments, through Eucharist, through friendships. But sometimes it's also through medical doctors and it's through counselors. And there's all of these different avenues if we learn to let go and open ourselves up to not just the help, but really a deep surrender yeah. of Lord, I need you yeah. and I and I need help, you know, in whatever way that that might look like. And I think that's the biggest journey for myself is that I'm becoming friends with my weakness for the first time oh, in my life, where I, I have a tenderness towards myself, not a self pity and not no. a self loathing, where I'm like, woe is me, and I, you know, just it's navel gazing and I'm caught in my own darkness, but really just keeping my eyes on the Lord, going. I am weak, and Lord, I need you. I, I really do, and I'm dependent on you, and there's something so freeing and so good about that, that that actually isn't weakness. That's actually strength in the kingdom. Oh, you know. Amen, Heather. Oh, my gosh. I know listeners are going to stop that and rewind that again and listen to that whole thing, because amen. Yeah. Mm. Michelle, what about you, sweet girl? Yeah, when I was thinking about this, when we threw the topic out, I was praying about it this morning, and... I remember when I was in college, in the beginning of my 20s, Father Michael Scanlon was my spiritual director. And I remember him saying to me, he said, Michelle, you can only grow spiritually as much as you grow emotionally. They go hand in hand. Mm. And so just really learning like spiritually and emotionally how to grow together and what stunts my growth or what are the blocks for me to grow. And there's an Ignatian tool that they use and um, you get when I, I just switched spiritual directors this past year. And one of the things they do is they make you write your spiritual autobiography. Hmm. And I was flipping through it this morning, looking at it and listeners, I will put how you can do that. It's a spiritual tool because I know I'll get at the question. But um, the, so you look back on your life and it's a really good um, just exercise to do even like just to own and start realizing and become self-aware of your story. So I was looking like the different themes from the different seasons of my life. And I think for 20s, for those of you who are in the 20s, it was such an identity season. Like I really still was trying to figure out who I was and doing a lot of that with performance. If I do this and if I do this, will someone, you know, will they love me? Still asking that question, will they love me? And there was just some really gaping holes in my identity. And I thought my vocation would fix the holes for my identity. Like when I figured out my vocation, Mm -hmm. that that would be like the super glue that figured out my uh, like identity issues. And so, but then I realized, 
once I got married and I got married in my late twenties, like I was 29, that I switched that and, um, my identity came vocation and, but it switched to, I, I should myself, my family should look like this. My marriage should look mm-hmm. like this or yeah. things like, you know, and my parents' marriage was falling apart the year I got married. So I just like white knuckled myself, like, I'm good. You know, I'm going to do this right. Like I'm going to do this right. Realizing like Heather was saying, like living with expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and piggybacking on our other topics that we've covered in the podcast, when we don't allow the Lord to write our stories and we write our stories out of should and expectations, it's always going to end in exhaustion. And it's always going to get end in overwhelmingness. And it's always going to end in not a firm foundation. It's not rooted in a firm foundation. And then starting my 40s now, it's just like learning that the tools that I use to cope in my 20s and 30s or even in my teens to survive and to do things don't aren't welcome in my 40s. The Lord's like, okay, you got to learn a new way of living. And you're really going to, this freedom thing I'm talking about, you really have got to learn this. And this is Mm -hmm. not a luxury. Mm -hmm. This is, I want to be in relationship with you and I want to teach you how to live free. But it takes a lot of work. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the spiritual walk and the emotional walk, it takes a lot of work and we all laugh about it, but it's so true. We feel like we're constantly in the episode of Shrek saying layers, donkey have layers, you know, like just when you (laughs) think you get one done, you're like, I have arrived, you know, then you figure out another one and you're just like, oh man, where did that thing come from? Mm -hmm. And so, but it's a beautiful journey, you know, it's hard and it's beautiful, but Yeah, you get to see the inner workings of the Lord, you know, in your heart. And um, it's not easy, but darn, it's good. It Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. What about you, sister? Well, yeah, and we were just commenting before we started recording this podcast about how life is messy. Yeah. And I I know for myself, I want it to be tidy. And if it's tidy enough, then I think I'm fine. I'm doing well. And then when these messes arise, it unnerves me at times. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what's happening? But because I often forget that, that life is like that. And it's... And it's, you know, like we can't selectively numb. Like, I okay, I don't want to I don't want to feel the sorrow or I don't want to feel the longing or the ache. So I'm just going to numb that out because when we do that, we numb out the joy and the exhilaration and the wonder and the peace. And so it's really, I'm just convinced more and more as just Jesus continues to break my heart open in ways I cannot stop. I, I literally cannot stop it. And it is so unnerving at times. I just weep and like these parts of my story are coming out that it's time for her to come out. Like Heather talked about making friends with yourself and like the little parts of me, I think I talked about the 13 year old girl some time ago in one of our podcasts where she, she's there and I want to, I want to love her and I want to honor her and I want to hear what she's trying to tell me because she's trying to tell me something and it's really important. And so those parts where Christ comes and really, I believe that's what he spoke to me a few weeks ago. And he just said, I, I love you. Like, I love, I love you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no part of your story that I don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. Like there's no part of your story that I don't want to redeem or that I don't want to ha- be present there. Like I am there and I want you to know that. So I'm going to go to every effort so you know that I love you. And so what's happening in our lives, my dear sisters, it, it's trying to tell us something. Like it's it's a part where God wishes to speak to us. And like Heather was saying, there's so many avenues of, of healing that God provides mm-hmm. that um, sometimes you have to stick with it. Like Michelle was saying as well, stick with it a long time. But that's the journey of holiness. And so often mm-hmm. we, we reduce holiness to kind of a, a superficial, exterior, pious behavior. And ultimately, well, holiness is wholeness. It's integration. It's allowing Christ into every part of our life. So our lives take on His vibrance and it becomes captivating and radiant, even in the sorrow, because that's what Christ's life emits to the world. And that's what we're called to do. Like the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ, it's always happening in our lives. 
Mm-hmm. I I love um, you know that line we hear it in the Easter Vigil where it says, "Oh happy fault, which one for us so mm-hmm. great a savior." And one day mm-hmm. I just had this this thought, you know, it's like, "Oh happy weakness of mine, which is one for <sighs> me so great a savior." It's like if I didn't, it's like a respect for your own weakness and brokenness in a sense, not to condone it, not to you know, like, no. like not that, yeah. but just like in our weakness and our brokenness, we are able to receive and come in touch with the Savior in a way that we never could. If we don't need Him, if we are not broken, if we can't come to grips with that, we don't need a Savior. Um, but the more that we accept that and lean on Him, the more we can experience His saving power in our life. And I think that this is really important as we talk about, okay, unraveling parts of our story and going into dark places, we can never do that alone. No. We can never go there alone. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've learned over time and, and also with working with people, it's so important to, it's like, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and almost picture holding his hands like he's Amen. with you as you begin to think about different parts of your story. If we think about it alone, we'll get so overwhelmed and taken mm-hmm. out. You know, there's no way. But when we do it with the, with the Savior's hands in our hands, mm-hmm. you know, we can experience the consolation of his presence with us as we go back into hard parts of our story. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important that we allow ourselves to journey with Jesus. He is the savior. It's not the medication or the counselor or the mm-hmm. you know whatever we might think, the self-help book or this or that, although those things are helpful, you mm-hmm. know, at times. But Jesus is the savior and to Amen. keep our eyes fixed on him. And I think, you know, there's sometimes what's happening in the world right now. There is talk about depression and anxiety and sometimes it's like this cool thing where people are like, "Oh, it's cool to be vulnerable," you know, and the intention behind it isn't always mm-hmm. pure, but I think mm-hmm. there's something really good about being vulnerable with our stories and being able mm-hmm. to be honest and say, "This is where I'm at." but mm-hmm. always with the intention to go with Jesus, to let mm-hmm. Jesus into those places. Um, because mm-hmm. these things don't need to define who we are. Mm-mm. You know, Depression doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my story, you know, as mm-hmm. a, a lot of broken parts are. But Jesus is the one who gives me my identity and tells me who I am. And that's where we need to look to him and hear his voice in all the parts of our story. You know, like for you, sisters, you're talking about these broken small parts and I think about mm-hmm. my own and Michelle, mm-hmm. you have yours, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus was calling us from the very beginning of our life that we are beloved, that he has set us apart for greatness and that he would give up everything for us because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And not only give up everything for us is keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, mm-hmm. but then I'm remembered in the gospels where the um, man on the mat, the paralyzed man, where his friends lift him, you know, carry him to Jesus. Sometimes we just need a community to rally mm-hmm. around us, you know, and bring us to the feet of Jesus and say, okay, I know Mm -hmm. you're struggling, so let us take you there, you know, and be that connection. Like, I think one of the scariest things when you are overwhelmed or we are going through depression or anxiety or anything is isolation. You know, if he can get you alone, Mm -hmm. he can take you out. But even in your weakness, if you can lean in in a community, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. then you are surrounded and you have an army to come around you to fight with you and fight for you. And that is the beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, the thing I'm learning more and more, we were laughing before we were talking, um, recording. We say that every single time I know, but we were. uh, It's because it's true. We laugh and cry and cry. We were laughing and we were crying. I mean, no joke. We weren't lying. No joke. (laughs) We were lying, crying. It was, yeah, it was like a Steel Magnolia's. Yeah, still Magnolia is all over. Here we go, movie. But um, been in a very bad mood for forty years. Uh, anyway, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy, my land. <laughs> 
you can just quote Stephen Knoll, you're lying to me. But anyway, I was just telling them like this past week, my husband and I had just like a heated argument and we never usually have those kind, but this one was like emotional and passionate and just, it was, it was really good and it was really hard, but, um, a lot of things broke through and it was really good after, you know, some things came out the um, reconciliation and just the breakthrough that happened, Mm -hmm. the deep stuff comes, you know? And so it's just leaning into that hard and then saying, okay, let's talk this out and figure it out. And God wanted to do something in Mm -hmm. our marriage. And I just am thankful because that's the beautiful part. God is constantly transforming us from glory to glory. Amen. He doesn't stop and he's constantly want to move. And he always has more, Mm -hmm. where it's more freedom or more healing or more power Or for us, as you grow in this journey, it also helps you give more grace to other people, Amen. you know, because you realize your faults and gives a lot more mercy. I am Mm -hmm. a lot more merciful and I give a lot more grace than I did before because the more self-aware I become, I realize, Mm -hmm. okay, I need this grace and mercy Mm -hmm. just as much Mm -hmm. as this other person does, if not more sometimes. So I'm able to extend a lot more grace Mm -hmm. and mercy than I was before instead of being like, oh man, Mm -hmm. they really need to get it together. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nope, you know, we are all recovering. You That's know, from the happens. human condition. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. No, it's very true. It's very true. The more in touch we come with our own story and allow God in there into the broken places, the more compassion we have for others because we realize they have a story too. And we never know what's going on. You know, the new mom who might be struggling with postpartum depression and might, you know, not know how to deal with that. You know, the shame and the guilt that goes along with all the different facets of that and and in other areas of our life. And how can we just love one another and journey there? It definitely isn't rational. Mm-hmm. You know, like these types of struggles when you're in them, you know, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I know for me in my life, depression didn't make sense because I have a great life. I have great kids. I have a great husband. I, you know, so you start to feel guilty. Like I have all of these good things. Like, why am I struggling so much? And so some people might even mm-hmm. tell you that, you know, in the midst of it, like, why don't you just be happy? Look around you, be grateful. And you're like, oh my gosh, if I could only, you know, it, you can't choose your way to a certain point out of this, but you can make choices within, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think to open ourselves up to the truth is like, it's so hard in those moments because we may not think it's doing anything, you know, to be reminded of the truth. But I, I've found it to be actually a great weapon for me. That's why memorizing mm-hmm. scripture, like the one at the beginning that we had, they've been tools for me to remind me along the way of what is true and what is good mm-hmm. and what is beautiful. And so I'm a big believer of that. I'm a big believer of in the midst of the hard, putting on a worship song and praising God Amen. in the midst, like in the midst of the pain, being able to praise God and give him glory because it takes away any power of the enemy that he might be trying to work with us in there. It just it just cuts mm-hmm. him off at his knees when we're able to say, God, I'm suffering right now. And whether this be something that you're allowing or something that is just the enemy is doing, like, I'm just going to praise you so that he has no power here. I'm just going to keep surrendering to you and giving myself to you. And that might look different. It might look like one prayer, one word, one moment of just like acknowledging God and his presence and welcoming Mm -hmm. him in. Um, It doesn't have to be a big elaborate thing, but it is Mm -hmm. very powerful. It is. And it it means a lot Mm -hmm. in the kingdom. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we talk about like, which that's very practical, Heather. I mean, you're giving people practical tools of like, you know, what, what are some things we can do? And I, I think I know for myself, my clinical depression, a lot of it had to do with just years of undealt with trauma Mm -hmm. and, um, 
it would just, you know, anger turned inward, anger and despair just turned inward and it just led to a deep years and years and years of deep clinical depression. And it's taken a long time to journey through that and to, to be on the other side of it. And even though I know it's probably a tendency, it's like a weakness in my castle and to be very aware of that. But for me, it's been years of uh, like it was, it was years of, of depression medication, which helped my, my brain function again, but years of counseling, years of spiritual direction, of confession, of reading books about what was ailing me, about uh, twelve-step meetings. It's like continued inner healing prayer. It's it's just the journey of um, hanging out with us too. Hanging crazy out with girls. the two of you guys, my life would be awful <laughs> without you two. <laughs> I, I I agree, and it, that's it. And being able to speak out the hard things, and and it has been you know really choosing at times, Heather. Like you said, choosing gratitude, and it's not like making it's not Pollyanna, but because we have the ability to choose that what is eternal is most true. And I can choose in situations whether, like, what am I going to believe about myself? What am I going to believe about this situation? And that can be really challenging. It's like weak muscles, especially when I'm not used to mm. that. I really believe in like whatever's good, true, and beautiful has a ray of God's light in it. And so mm -hmm. for myself, it's like, Lord, you know, I want to heal. So continue just to open my soul and to be open to the avenues that come from him to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of practical things like that that we can we can begin to journey. But what about you, Michelle? What are some practical things that you do when you feel overwhelmed or struggle with anxiety or feeling down? Yeah, I think for me, very similar to both you, Scripture is a big one for me. Like, I'm just a, a Scripture girl. I love to have ones, mm -hmm. you know, every day. I have to be like something about the Word of God always roots me. So I like that part, and that is huge to me. And I think gratitude is a big one for me. Like it is very hard because um, I can tell when I start spiraling, I can stop and just, okay, what am I grateful for? Enter, you know, his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Like I need to come closer to him. And I was just telling Sister and Heather before we started recording, you know, we're about to go into, we've been in and out because um, a season of counseling again with our kids and for us. And um, so I was like, what are the guardrails I like to put? you know, I know there's like guardrails I can put in place to stay on the journey and do, you know, mm -hmm. so like this week, um, I knew we were going to start back in counseling. So I was like, all right, called one of my good priest friends, set up confession, you know, set up Amen. that, set up spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. Like what are the things that proactively I can do? And um, I think the sacrament of reconciliation is a huge one. The sacrament of reconciliation is a sacrament of healing. Amen. And there is power in Amen. that sacrament. It is not a sacrament of shame. Mm -hmm. I always tell my kids mm -hmm. it is a sacrament of healing. Mm -hmm. And it is the father saying, come home and come closer. Like, welcome home. Welcome back to my arms. We are so close. And so, um, yeah, those are a little bit of the mm -hmm. practical things that I just like to keep in place. Like they're my little lighthouses that show me the way home is what I like to say. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to find places that we can rest, you know, yeah, like internally yeah. rest, let our hearts rest. Mm -hmm. So to be with people at times that bring us joy, like sometimes when we feel the isolation of all of these big feelings and we're in a hardship, sometimes we just want to close in. It's, it's a temptation, right? We just want to close in. It's like, I'm just going to hunker mm -hmm. down and we isolate even more. So to be able to reach out or if we know someone who's struggling yeah. to reach out to them, say, hey, can I, can I just make you some oh, please, soup? Yeah. Like, can I'm glad I just you make said you that. some mm -hmm. soup and stop by? With some of my closer friends, like I'll just be like, I'm actually stopping by. Like yeah. I, I know you might say no, but <laughs> I'm just coming over, you know, and we don't even yeah. need to talk. I can just be there. So, yeah, like to just reach out to one another, to break through the isolation in little ways, like phone calls, texts, stopping by, making time mm -hmm. to be with people who nourish our heart and are, and are a safe place mm -hmm. for us to 
to rest. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's certainly that's being on the journey together. Whether that's whether you're experiencing just like kind of a seasonal affect disorder, whether it's winter time and you're tired, like the kids are driving you crazy in the house, and it's you know cold outside, or whether it's been a long journey for you, or you're feeling overwhelmed, and I just want you to know that you're loved. You are loved, and this is not the end of your story. And and in the midst of it all, God is providing a powerful remedy, and so His heart is for us to to heal us. And so we might we're probably going to continue this discussion in subsequent podcasts just about healing, and maybe have some people on that um, do this for a living, (laughs) which would be nice uh, to help give us. We're actually an expert. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great because yeah, you're hearing our hearts, and 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 we love you, and we want to just give you all all that we can. So. We uh, are praying for you, and we offer you and wish you every good thing, and that we want you to know that there's hope. There's always hope and healing on the journey, and that you are deeply, deeply loved. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We can't wait to be with you next week, and until then, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.